when we find uh, the balance of gaining uh, profit for environment, profit for the social situation, and profit on the economical scale, uh, I think that would be uh, that's the future for me. Hi and welcome to the Story of Design podcast. I'm Karina, your host, creator of the Design Story, who truly believes that there is so much more to design than meets the eye. This is a podcast that asks the why around design. We'll dig into designers, creative thinkers, and businesses that have stakes in shaping the future of the design industry. I'm inviting you all to join me in connecting with the effects of good, well thought of design. So let's begin. This episode is sponsored by BioLiving, an innovator in sustainable weaving practices for design and architectural applications. We are so happy today to have Seb Verboom here in front of me. Seb Verboom is a prodigy in the design world. He is based in Belgium and founded Livable, a design and research platform with a mission to envision a future-proof approach between people, environment, and society. And through his platform, Seb invites all of us to see the beautiful merge of tradition, modernity, social, and ecological engagement that all seem to blend under the umbrella of design. And with this, he also manages to connect with traditional communities, industries, local governments, and NGOs to ensure that livable makes a scalable impact. With this milestone, Seb won the Belgian Henry van der Velde Young Talent Award and the German Recycling Design Prize in 2018. And in today's episode, he will share with us how he sees design culture as a way of thinking global and acting local. So again, so thrilled to have you, Seb. Thank you. What an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we're all wondering how did it all start for you and what inspired you to start Livable? I think... The start was quite simple, just like all things start simple. With the first project, I ended up in uh, the Philippines. And actually, it was a project for my school. So it was like a graduation project. And, and I got introduced to a local community. It's in Cebu City, in the center of the Philippines. And there, my challenge was to innovate the waste management. So that was kind of big words for just the students. So actually what I did or what we did was explore and talk to people and get to know everyone involved, speak with locals especially. So we had a good map or a good view on, on how materials were reused. And then we ended up with a, working together with junk shops, very local junk shops who are collecting, of course, all sorts of scrap materials. And, and there we found out those electric fans like those metal protection guards um, they end up there seem to be an interesting material so we talked to them and we we agreed to work on it or to do something with it and then of course a logical step was to look for okay what is interesting here or what is typical what are the materials available here but also what are the techniques so i came in came in contact with the rattan rattan weaving for me it was a something totally new and didn't have any experience with it and then we started actually to prototype so we first made kind of workshops 
uh, with, with people uh, in, the, in this community. And then this is how actually the first object came out. It was called a fan lamp. So it was a, a combination of this metal vanguard and this rattan weaving. That's it. That was the start of the project. But of course, I was quite naive. <laughs> I think I was 21 at that time, uh, eight years ago. So I was kind of promising the people I worked with, this is going to be a great project. We're going to make a lot of objects or lamps here and we're going to sell them and it's going to be a business model and so on. But then I learned more about the reality, about the logistics behind it, about the shipping, <laughs> about the declarations. And so for me, this was kind of, a, okay, well, it's much more than just making an object or to just work together. No, it's more, it's a whole system. Uh, that's amazing, though, that you were able to continue that school project of yours and turn it into a career. And by this, I assume that you studied industrial design, yes? Industrial design and then I did a postgraduate, or it's called sustainable development. So it's more like a postgraduate. And then you focus more on the anthropology and or also the social sides of the system or about the economics and so on. So right. this opened a whole other perspective for me as a designer to work with, with this profession. Yeah. To become a designer that now solves larger worldview problem, right? Yeah, and at that point was like, okay, I did this first project. I was like, whoa, never again. I don't want to do all these things. It's just too much to handle for, for just one person. So I was very happy that we could work together, collaborate with other people. And that's also how things evolved. I was really starting for searching partners first, um, local partners, before we started any, any projects. In this case, we didn't have to do everything ourselves, but also the experience of other people make it a bigger identity. Yeah. Yeah, it really speaks through in your platform. I really, really love how transparent you are with the concepts, the collaborators, where things come from, and also the fact that every product has a story. I guess there are three things that really speak to me from seeing your platform. Uh, first is the fact that you use design to solve contemporary challenges. Then you use design also as a tool for communication and lastly, as a social currency. So I think we can use this to sort of guide us through our conversation and dive deeper into each one. So on the first one, right? What contemporary challenges do you feel the most urge solving, especially through livable? I think there's a lot of challenges. So you start with the first ones and uh, that you just bounce into. So doing these projects, I got aware of a lot of things, conditions, situations of how or where products or objects are made. So the more you get into it, the more you understand how production actually goes. So for me, this was kind of the, the question as a designer. There's a lot of designers who are really not connected with with the production so they they make or they design something okay they work with a company but they don't know anything what's happening behind the scenes so since a lot of stuff uh, or things are hidden or are produced elsewhere I, I kind of felt that the designer is not really in touch anymore with the whole system or the whole circle around your object and 
if a designer is already not aware of where all these things are happening, how can be a consumer? How can a consumer know is it, if, it, if its product is made in a good condition or the materials are sourced in, in, the, in the right array and so on? So I think it starts already with the designer. So that was the first challenge I took on to highlight or to involve a designer with all the aspects, uh, including uh, when you design or when you produce something. Yeah, and I guess it's something that you are also trying to tell the consumers, right? That they need to know where things are from, how things are made. Is it something that you're trying to educate them on? It's not really educating. It's, yeah, maybe soft educating. <laughs> but it's more like we or the objects become a tool to communicate, to communicate and to tell a story, their background. So it's kind of a starting point, even for... The exhibitions we do, it's kind of a, the start of a discussion or a debate, or it could be a trigger to inspire other people. Uh, so that, that's, I think, the most important, what our objects can do with customers. And I always say that I don't mind people don't buying our objects or our products. No, as long as they know where they are made, how they are made, and in which conditions they are made. So if they buy or if they go shopping elsewhere where they don't know anything about the background, for me, then they have a choice. They have a choice. They know it exists. You can buy an object where you know everything about it or you just buy something mass-consumed where you don't know anything about it. So there, the consumer has a real powerful option. And I think that's the most important thing that we want to achieve to make people aware that they have an option or that they have this power in their own hands. So we communicate this, we make this transparent, but then it's at the end, it's up to the consumer to, to decide. And I can understand there has been a long culture of uh, secretivity and about patterns and we have to protect all our secrets. But I think at this point, there's a lot of transparency. There's a lot of initiatives who are really like trying to communicate the right way um, so the time that the consumer didn't know anything anymore, or I think this is not, cannot be used as an excuse anymore, but it highlights the power of, of us as consumers to use or to, yeah, use the money in, in the right way. I think that's very effective though, because now if we look at something like Patagonia, it's amazing that they are so transparent with how they produce things, that things are being manufactured at fair trade facilities. Oh, no way! <laughs> That's so funny. It's very Patagonia at this moment, by the way. Um, no, I do love brands that are so transparent like that. And hopefully, it'll help us become more conscious with our consumptions, right? Um, of course, it'll take time for the majority of people to change. But obviously, that's where the future is headed, right? That's funny. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, we talked about what this platform is trying to say to the consumers, right? Now there's this other end of it, which is the crafters. And I'm especially interested in how you communicate your design and intent to the local communities in the process. Yeah, I think that's the most important part is the whole process, how you approach or how we, we approach a project. And the first thing there is to get introduced that's what I was telling before, you need some local partners so you, you have a good communication. 
for example, when we were in Brazil, I don't speak any Portuguese. Okay, I had a book with some, with some small words and so on. Um, so it's very important that for the first meeting or for the first connection, everything is clear. So your intentions are clear. Also, your background is clear. So there is not a misunderstanding that will pop up later. That's why it's important to get introduced. Then I think it's about building a relation. So you have to be there, be with them, spend time, get to know them, uh, build up a kind of a trust. And then once you approach or when you reach this kind of trust, then it can finally start. So at that point, you're kind of on the same, you're on the same level. You're just there, uh, you're interested in, in, in their knowledge. Uh, you want to make something together. Um, so at that point, it's, it's about finding the common goals, like are the challenges here? Uh, what are the goals here? Uh, what are our goals? And how can we find uh, the, the balance in between that? And then what I am particularly love is like, as a designer, I'm not actually doing anything. Okay, I'm there and I'm trying to connect, but all the knowledge and all the experience is already there. It's in, in, in this community or in this people we work with. So as a designer, it's more like, okay, I'm trying to steer or I try to connect certain things or kind of curating how about all the, the things that are already there. Uh, so sometimes it it's really feels that, oh, we're not really doing all the work. The work is created, is already there almost. I really like about this process that you also feel this when people find own solutions uh, and you try to push them to find new solutions or to find or to look in different direction, but it's up to them. And when they find it themselves, that's, that's the best feeling because then they are really, oh, they own this idea or they came up to this idea and it's just up to the designer uh, to steer it in the right direction. No, I always think that designers are essentially connectors. They are um, one of the most visionary people on the planet and they're able to connect things they see in different settings and sort of envision on how they will work together. I guess this is a great segue to the last point, which is seeing design as a social currency. Um, do you ever imagine a world where monetary value is no longer the designing factor of what we consume, but maybe it's design instead? No, I, I, I thought about this question before a lot of times. Uh, I even had discussions with my accountant on this topic. Like he was saying to me like, hey, Seb, there's all those prices, there's all this press, there's all those articles and so on why don't I see this results on your bank account? And I'm like, oh, but yeah, I think I explained him or I tried to explain him like, okay, even if we don't earn profits in an economical way, we do earn or we do gain experience. We build up relations. So for me, this is also profit. And, and of course, I think my accountant thought that, that I was hippie or something. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, the, it's the fact. And of course, it's the balance. You need to earn something as well. Everyone needs to earn something as well. Um, but this brings me to the bigger picture. And now all our economy, the whole economy is based on, okay, we have, to, we have to gain more and more and more. We have to grow. So the profit needs to be there, but we only calculate profit in, in the way of numbers. Um, so I'm really, I'm really enthusiastic about let's keep these numbers, but let's balance it between the, the other importance in our economy or in our, in our lives. 
that's the social one and then the environmental one so when we find uh, the balance of gaining uh, profit for environment profit for the social situation and profit on the economical scale uh, i think that would be uh, that's the future for me yeah and we're already going there i mean there's a lot of initiatives there's a lot of things popping up who are really trying to push this and, and i think you can see it everywhere especially now with this uh, situation of the the, the covid 19 it is clear that we have to rebalance uh, the whole the whole system yes and maybe if you start thinking that way then you will begin to sort of see success based on the impact that you make instead of how much money that you make right maybe you have any thoughts on going global and going local at the same time because they both require different way of seeing things right one is macro and the other one is micro yeah i think it's this point obvious that we cannot just disconnect from everything. Even if you see it in politics that people are going back to the, their own national IDs. But yeah, I think when you show people that it's all connected somehow, and I think they understand as well, that we just need to shift to a better balance in between. It's like we can use a lot of knowledge from East, also in West, but also in North or in South without finding one knowledge or one way of thinking superior to the other. Because that what is happening for a long time is that one, and I'm, I'm kind of speaking of the West culture, trying to dominate or trying to push everyone in the same direction, but that's not really the way to go. And maybe this is also about politics. <laughs> and I'm just a designer, so I don't want to go really deep into this, but it has, it has to do, or it, it, it's connected to everything. And one nice example, or, or our latest project in, uh, in Peru we did two years ago, where we worked with uh, certified wood in the Peruvian Amazon. And there, I think for me, we created a collection of objects who we are only selling locally. So we created something with them and our purpose is also to sell it only there because we found out that most of the cut timber or the, the wood was also consumed in the same country. So our target group was there. But at the same time, we published a publication, a small book worldwide. So it's an English-Spanish version. Um, so this is our way of working both locally, not ship everything to the West, have to sell it to the West and then to gain profit. No, it's, the power is locally as well. But you have to think about the, the whole picture um, because... Of course, the, this whole issue about deforestation is a global issue as well, but it starts locally. And all those challenges, they're kind of the same. Every community or every local situation has its connection to a bigger issue or to a bigger network. Now, once you know that everything is connected, but really is, it's really a small world and then it makes sense to connect all the dots even in, in indonesia where we we also did a project with a, a rattan company who makes furniture and there was amazing to see okay there's a lot of materials used locally but at the other hand there is materials coming in from italy they are shipped to the place there and then it becomes is it locally produced no i don't know so it's a whole kind of network where people cannot see through anymore. So made in Italy doesn't mean everything is made or sourced in Italy. 
Uh, same yeah. for Indonesia. Made in Indonesia doesn't mean everything is sourced or created there. Um, and I think that's not that's not a problem. It's okay, but at least it should be clear or it should be transparent how things are connected. Um, and then people will see, ah, okay, everything is is quite globally right now. That's really inspiring to be able to think both ways and see design culture as a way of communicating with people from around the world and. As you mentioned before, if you start seeing the world as this interconnected web, I guess it'll open ourselves up to many, many opportunities. And this collective effort of building the world together will be a success story we're just a step away from hearing, right? Yeah, so thank you so much, Seb, for today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please connect with us on our website and social media. Our Instagram is the design story with two Y's because one Y was already taken. But in all seriousness, we would really love to hear from you. So shoot us feedback, questions, and share with your friends. If this is your first time on Story of Design, welcome to the community. Subscribe and leave a review if this motivates you in some ways. Take care and stay inspired.